0: Welcome to Women Who Sarcast. I'm Kathy Barron. Today, Heather Barron, founder of Luminous Life Coaching, joins us to discuss purpose versus passion. Heather, welcome back to Women Who Sarcast.
1: Thanks, Kath. Hi, everyone.
0: It's good to see you again.
1: Nice to be here.
0: So I wanted to start with defining purpose and passion it's been said that instead of pursuing what you are passionate about, you should look to where you spend your time and what you're good at doing. So just to define what passion and purpose is, as far as the difference between the two, passion is about emotions, the motivation and what makes us feel good, such as do what you love. Cause people always say, do what you love and the money follows. And then, uh, Purpose is the reason or the why behind what we do, primarily for others. Passion can be all over the place and exciting, and purpose is more focused. And passions can come and go, whereas purpose tends to be longer term. So it seems society has created this pressure that everyone needs to have a purpose and a passion, otherwise their lives aren't fulfilling or worthy. Uh, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, that's definitely something that has become a pain point for a lot of clients that I work with now, that idea of, what's my purpose? I just want to know what my purpose is. Um, A lot of what people call with or reach out for is a feeling of not knowing their purpose or feeling purposeless or that they don't know what they're passionate about and they know they're just supposed to follow their passions according to all the self-help books out there. Yeah. Follow your bliss. But if you don't know what your bliss is, then what the hell do you follow? Um, you know, that that's something that I think has created a a bit of pain for a lot of people. And in our culture, I think that it's a beautiful thing. We really care about creating meaning in our lives. And so one of the biggest buzzwords in personal development for creating meaning is to figure out what your purpose is, right? So um, I love Roger Hausden, who wrote this book called Dropping the Struggle. He has a chapter called Dropping the Struggle for Meaning and Purpose. And ironically, the whole chapter is about the importance of purpose, but it's about reframing what purpose is. And he defines purpose as your particular authentic expression of being. Hmm. And I love that because for me, what I've learned in working with clients is that actually everybody has these gifts, not GIFs, not G-I-F, gifts. (laughs) Everybody has these gifts,
0: yeah we should probably clarify that in the technology age that it's not a gift but gifts
1: yes, for all you millennials out there these are gifts like presents but <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that we have these gifts that we're actually giving all the time and your gifts are not the same as your skills or your talents but they're the these innate pieces of who we are that we're just always expressing. And if you ask somebody, you know, oh, describe Kath, like how would you describe Kath and what you know about her and what you notice in her, whether that's somebody who works with you or who's been on a project with you or is a friend who's spent time with you or a partner or a family member, they're going to have these things that they've picked up that you do that's different to anybody else. And, you know, and that draws some people and that will be something that doesn't work for other people. That's just how it is.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so this idea of your, your particular authentic expression of being is housed and says, I think that's what everybody's actually trying to identify. What is it that makes me, me? What is it that makes me different to other people? And I know we have this fascination with figuring out how we're special in the world, but the irony in that is that everybody's special. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So to me, identifying those gifts, the way that we show up without even realizing that's our authentic stamp on the world, um, helps with this idea of purpose. That if you start to notice what your gifts are and you identify them and you just start focusing on giving those more conscientiously, you end up living a pretty purposeful life. Whether you ever come up with your purpose statement of this is who I am and this is why I'm on the planet, um, you know, that stops to mat. It doesn't seem to matter as much, uh, figuring out your purpose statement, but creating a life that is purposeful, that can come out of learning what gifts you have to give. And uh, Bruce Anderson talks about this idea of a core gift, which to me is that idea of what purpose is. Um, he quotes William Stafford, who's a poet, who says, there's a thread you follow It goes among things that change, but it doesn't change. So this idea of what are you threading throughout your life that makes you you and makes you, you know, is that particular authentic expression of being. So to me, that's what purpose is, is a amalgamation of those things, your core gift.
0: And so those don't necessarily change, but they can like evolve or grow.
1: Right. And your sense of mission in the world, which may be what you're doing, like how you're showing up for others, how you're showing up in your job, how you want to show up in your family. Um, Mission is not quite the same as purpose. Your mission can change. You know, you may have a mission to the moon and you may have a mission to get to the grocery store today. And your purpose is the thread. Your core gift, which is the way I like to think about it, thanks to Bruce Anderson. Your core gift—what is that key thing that you want to hone in your time on this planet and in the way that you're affecting others? And what Bruce Anderson found was that your core gift is neutral. It can actually be something that turns out pretty negative on society. Mm-hmm. Um, you who has an incredible gift for leadership and charisma and um, inspiring and motivating people to do things would be a great gang leader and could cause incredible devastation. You take those gifts, that core gift for empowering others to take action, and you put it in the direction of helping people, of helping a neighborhood, of you know, helping a family to heal, and that becomes an incredible gift that has the power for good so your core gift is actually neutral and we think of purposes as, oh, what's my purpose in the world and most people who are asking that question aren't thinking how can I take over the world mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe that's somebody who has a sense of purpose in the world they feel like they're supposed to you know wreak havoc I don't know how that works but um, the idea of core gift is that it's neutral
0: so what are some ways people can identify their purpose
1: That's a great question. Um, As somebody who has, who spent years and years searching for that myself, you know, I talk about that being a pain point for clients, but um, I definitely spent years thinking that's what the whole purpose of life was, was to figure out my purpose. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, And so a few things helped me along the way, but a very simple thing, I think that helps that I've been using. And we talked about this the last time you had me on the podcast of this idea of three lists. Um, I think following your curiosity and starting to figure out what speaks to you, what you want to spend your free time doing, those things help to narrow down a direction of where you want to look. Um, like I said, you're already living your gifts without even realizing that you're doing that. People could could talk about those and explain those to you because of the way you show up in their lives um, and how people bless other people. With these three lists that we talked about last time, you have a very simple way to start becoming self-aware of the things that speak to you, the things that move your heart. And so those three lists are the list of delights, what delights you. And then another list to write down is what restores me, um, what helps me feel renewed, what brings a sense of Peace to my heart, what quiets my mental chatter or the noise of the world, what after I have done it makes me feel ready to re engage with the world. And then the third list is a playlist, identifying how you play. And your purpose is not meant to be something that is so burdened, burdensome that it weighs you down and, and ends up paralyzing you. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, you can get a certain personality type or types that think, like, I'm here on this planet because I'm supposed to save the world. And they have to figure out what their big mission in life is. And until they find something where they're going to save the world, then they haven't found their purpose. You know... That's all well and good to have a desire to save the world, but it is not your responsibility to save the world. There Mm -hmm. are billions on the planet to all work together for that. Um, So this sense of your purpose should have something that is uplifting to you, that makes you feel hopeful and want to get up in the morning. If you cannot figure out what that purpose is, starting with these lists helps you figure out how you want to engage in life in a way that you're not emptying yourself without restoring yourself, that you're not just working, you know, every day and not getting to play. Mm -hmm. And these help to lighten your sense. And then just follow your curiosity. I guarantee that most likely the gifts that you will identify to eventually get your core gift or the sense of purpose You have already been planting the seeds of your whole life. You did it when you were five years old.
0: Well, and I think, I think, I don't know if this is a purpose or a passion as far as like changing. Like for me, um, I went to massage school. And the only reason why I went there is because I was visiting my sister in Texas. And I was, you know, one of her friend's shoulders were hurting and I'm like, well, let me, you know, let me massage your shoulders for you. And they're like, you should be going, you should be doing this professionally. And I'm like, what? I mean, you know, she was probably (laughs) like the first person I did that to. And I'm thinking, oh, okay, well maybe I should. So I went to massage school and I did, you know, massage therapist for seven years. I had my own business and, and then, you know, I went to something more creative like photography and then, you know, videography and writing and now this so is does that is that kind of like a thread of a purpose or because you change careers or you know certain things that you like to do change and evolve is that still your your core purpose
1: yeah, so it's it's fun as I was thinking about this topic which I had so much fun thinking about this you came to mind and I thought you know it's amazing how yes you you were incredibly good as a massage therapist. I can speak from personal experience. I remember you <laughs> introducing that to me and explaining to me what you were doing while you were giving me a massage which I then went on to to do some similar things for a little while but But I really think, too, that you've always loved hearing people's stories. Mm. And the thread that I look at through your life is just you are an incredible story catcher. Like you listened to your clients. I know maybe some of them laid there and didn't say anything. But I have a feeling a lot of them ended up talking to you. Mm -hmm. Is that true?
0: Yeah, some of them. Otherwise, I would hurt them so they would shut up. (laughs) because you know sometimes you don't want to talk or the massage right
1: yeah no it's true um but you you seem to like to to gather the stories either of the voiceless because I remember when you were working on your um uh collecting stories from migrant farm workers Mm -hmm. and um then you went to well, I think that was all part of you going to film school and doing, uh, learning how to do documentary work. Mm-hmm. Now you have a podcast. You connect with people in a way that, that you seem to catch their stories. And, um, maybe that's not your purpose, but that's just what I've seen in, in your life. And so I was thinking about those threads of at least story really matters to you. Mm-hmm. You know, you've written a novel, you can often find, that thread expressed in your work, because that's what we spend so much of our time doing. Then you'll find people who are just really skilled at something, but they spend their time doing their time, not at work doing very different things because that brings them alive. Mm -hmm. And their purpose is more likely going to be found there. Your skills are not the same as your purpose. And so, you know, people can feel very soulless in their work very hollow or empty if they're doing work that really doesn't give them a chance to be in line with their purpose.
0: Creativity for me is more soulful than anything else. And yeah, I have a job that I like, but I don't think it's soulful. And I've had moments and time periods where I wasn't being creative, and it was like I was dying inside. I was miserable, I was depressed. I wasn't feeling like right. I was contributing at all to to the world, to my life, to anything. And so that was a big wake up call for me to do something creative, no matter what it was, just to kind of keep that fire going. And, you know, to keep that sense of, maybe it's a sense of accomplishment.
1: So how, how would you define your purpose then? If you haven't thought of those things as being a part of a part of that so much?
0: Well, I think For me, I've always wanted to make a difference. So maybe that's my purpose because, Mm -hmm. you know, with massage, you know, I was hoping I, you know, hopefully I made a difference in people's lives that way, you know, creating documentaries, you know, maybe somehow made a difference in people's lives. And, you know, with the podcast, I mean, I think the podcast is more fun for me. So it's not necessarily, you know, making a difference in people's lives, but I definitely want to uh, make people laugh and yeah. um, have a, you know, the world is just so heavy lately that I just want to do a lighter podcast without, because I'm not a self-help person as far as, I mean, I got a ton of self-help books I can read, <laughs> but as far as me telling others, how to run their lives or how to, you know, do their lives better or whatever. I mean, that's just not right. who I am. Um, although friends would probably argue that because I'm very opinionated sometimes. However, um, <laughs> I don't think that's my shtick. I just invite people like you on that can okay. do it for me and I can kind of, you know, throw in my sarcasm in there once in a while. But I still want to inspire and educate and inform people with the podcast and, you know, let people take out of it what works for them and not, you know, shove it down their throat and say, you need to do this, you know. Right. And that's kind of how I was with my documentaries. It wasn't, I kind of gathered the information and put it in that kind of medium, and then dispersed it for people to watch and they could take it, you know, take out of that whatever they seemed fit for them. So,
1: Yeah, but that idea of a thread, you know, when you talk about, well, I just have wanted to make a difference. Like you can see that in the work that you're doing, too, even though you feel like it's not, you know, as soulful as your creative work that you do in your free time. Um, it seems like a job that's making a difference for people. And you talk about passion, you know, this idea of following what your passion is. And you have had a clear sense of that's got to be creativity. I've, I just have to create because that's where you find a sense of passion. Is that you mentioned that?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I know a lot of people that I talk to, um, they don't even know what they're passionate about. And that's why I love those three lists because it starts starts building that sense of, well, what do you like? You know, let's, let's start there. You don't have to be like, oh my God, I just a day without singing a Broadway show tune. You know, it's like, right. okay, well there's passion, you know, where you just have those things that sing to you. And some people are born, they're just born knowing what they want to do. And, and although I don't do it as much as I really, really wish I did, I've known forever that I want to be a writer. If mm-hmm. I can't be anything else, I want to be a writer. And I think in third grade, I was the editor of our school newspaper,
0: which was
1: like like three sheets of paper with a bunch of words on them, stapled together, you know, (laughs) school newsletter. And Mm -hmm. and I was one, I was an editor and I don't even remember, you know, much from third grade, but I remember that Mm -hmm. um, because it really mattered to me. I wanted to be a writer. And, um, so I do a lot of writing and, um, but not everybody has those things, you know, not everybody knows what those things are. And I remember Joseph Campbell's statement of follow your bliss, like, Oh, I love that statement, follow your bliss. I'm just going to follow my bliss. And I remember talking to different clients and I had a couple of clients who got really mad about that when it became very big, you know, this idea of following your bliss, um, like just do what you're passionate about. and uh, and I got really curious about why people would get so mad about that. and I realized they didn't have that thing. They didn't have that thing that got them out of bed in the morning or you know, when the, as soon as they could get off work, they would do some whatever for me it would be writing. And um, then I remember hearing Liz Gilbert talk about this, because she was very similar. She'd always known she wanted to be a writer. She doesn't ever remember not wanting to be a writer, um, similar to me. And she was on a shtick for a really long time about, well, just follow your passion. Just do figure out what your passion is and just follow it at all costs and you will be happy. This is somebody who was willing to tell people what to do. you. (laughs) And she did that all over the world. She told people what to do. And she talks about giving, giving, she was asked to give a talk. I think it was in Australia. Um, And when she was done, she read this post on social media of this woman who felt like her heart had been broken by the last talk she had just given, because the last thing she wanted to hear from another person was the whole follow your bliss thing. Because if she knew what she was passionate about, she would not be going to see these people who are passionate talk. (laughs) Right. (laughs) She realized that she had basically been jackhammering over people like this woman,
0: Mm.
1: that she she knew what she was passionate about. So she was a jackhammer of like, just write, 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 write at any cost. Just keep writing. And, you know, she ended up writing something that became very popular. And she'd written a lot of other stuff before that she says a lot of people didn't read. Um, But she would have kept writing if nobody read Eat, Pray, Love. And then after this talk, she realized that, okay, so there are people like her who are jackhammers. And then there are people like maybe this woman and probably a lot of other people who hadn't spoken up um, at her other talks that were more like hummingbirds. And they would, you know, go to this flower and try it out for a little while. And that didn't really do anything for them. And then they'd go to this flower and they go to this flower. And she said, that maybe what the world needed more of were hummingbirds, people who were willing to follow their curiosity instead of know what their passion was. And so again, those three lists that we talked about, I feel are really important for that sense of developing, well, what do you want to be curious about? What do you want to learn more about? And follow those things rather than only the things that light you on fire so much that you can't sleep. Um, that you can develop a sense of understanding what your gifts are by paying attention to your life. Now, there are more specific ways that you can get to that idea of what your core gift is or your purpose. There's a process um, called the core gift process by a man named Bruce E. Anderson. It's a series of questions you go through and, and you don't ask them to yourself. You do the process with another person. There's something about... Having a witness do it with you where they can ask, you know, you answer the question and they can ask clarifying questions that maybe you haven't thought of. And it just holds up this mirror for things that you're holding right inside. Like you already you already have this knowledge inside of you. You just may need something to help elicit it out of you in a way that you can become more self-aware.
0: Kind of like what you just did with me as far as right. what you've observed me throughout the years another person can definitely see, because I think a lot of people see stuff in us that we don't see in ourselves. Yeah. And so I think that is probably a good idea to have someone help you.
1: Right. Right. So those questions, it's its a really fun process. Everybody I've done it with really enjoys it and they always learn so much about themselves. So even if it's not like, Oh, I know what my purpose is now. You know, <laughs> um, It does you do finish with what's called a core gift statement. And having a core gift statement is a really fantastic jumping off point to start paying attention to your life in terms of, okay, here's a statement that came out of this interview process. Let me see what part of it really speaks to me and what maybe I can let go of. Because over time, what has happened to me is mine started like this big paragraph and it whittled down, and it whittled down, and it whittled down. And my purpose statement is two words. My purpose is be home, to be at home in myself and to be a sense of home to others when they're around me. And in that way, other people come home to themselves.
0: Well, and that's a good example for people to see that it doesn't have to be this grandiose thing. Right. That it can be as simple and um heartfelt as your core statement. So what are some of the questions?
1: Um well that's a great question that you should ask that cuz I have them right here. And again, I want to give full credit. This is Bruce E Anderson and his process that he discovered. So you have questions like what tasks are you doing when you become so engaged that you lose track of time? Mm. What do you feel compelled to give when you encounter a person who is in trouble? The question is going to say, is it problem solving? Is it listening? Is it giving the person encouragement? Is it sitting in the midst of their suffering and just being there? Is it telling stories? So, so what I love about this process is when it asks a question, it has these sort of clarifiers that you can go in and be like, oh yeah, I am more like, if somebody's hurting, I tell a story you know, um, to help them feel better. Or I am just really quiet and just sit there with them. Mm-hmm. Think of several situations where you feel extremely full, alive, and grounded. Anytime I go out for Thai food, anytime I... No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um,
0: anytime I eat that pint of ice cream, <laughs> <exactly>. <laughs> watching and reality TV. i feel like full, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, not that kind of full? Okay. I-
1: 'Cause it has to include alive and grounded. Dang it, that doesn't qualify.
0: I <laughs> know, oh, I feel pretty grounded when I'm shoving ice cream in my face.
1: <laughs> I can't move. I can't move. I just love ground. <laughs> Um, Think of four situations you were involved in that provoked strong emotions in you. So as you can see, a lot of his questions are asking us to be really specific and thinking of times in our life or moments, examples. And because of that, it becomes very visceral. So um, I think that's a big part of why it works as well, because it draws on what you've already experienced and done. And it takes you back to those moments to show you that thread that has been threading through your life. And so you create a core gift statement from that process.
0: So basically what you're saying is that it's an inside job and that we are most likely living our purpose whether we know it or not.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it really is just about becoming conscious of that And again, the best way to do that is to start noticing your life in general and being self-aware and reflective. Um, I talk about the three pillars of growth, and one is self-observation, and then another is practice, and the third one is self-reflection. So self-observation is all about what is it that I'm really doing in my life, not what do I think I'm doing in my life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the people that you're around and live with and impact the most are very happy to tell you what you're (laughs) actually doing rather than what you think you're doing. (laughs) And so if we learn to drop those defenses and pay attention, actually, our life is probably mirroring back to us how we're showing up more than we'd like to admit admit for ourselves. And that means in good ways as well, not just negative ways. Mm -hmm. So when somebody compliments us on something and we say, oh, you don't really mean that or, oh, you're biased. They're actually giving us feedback that's really important. Right. And when you have all three of those in place, you have a really sturdy, sturdy surface to sit on and you're going to feel supported in your life. I think if you start there of just making this much room for the possibility, just a tiny bit of room for the possibility that you are already living your purpose and to just let some part of you relax over trying to figure out what that is. And just start paying attention to your life. What we're craving is a sense of meaning in our lives. You've demonstrated that in a big way where you're just like, I need to create or else I will die. You know, like mm-hmm. I will not be living a life that I want to be inhabiting. Um, following that alone is just saying, I want to have meaning in my life. And that can be purpose enough for a lot of people. It doesn't have to be, I've figured out my purpose statement and now I can write a book and tell people how to, you know, live their purpose. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the challenge with so many books about purpose is other people are telling you through the lens of their own purpose. So it doesn't work for you.
0: Right. And I think that's the case with a lot of self-help books, honestly, is that they're writing based on what their lens is and what may... Work for them doesn't necessarily work for other people. I think that's why when I have you or other guests on here, it's important for me to get the information and you know right. have other people pick and choose what works for them and what doesn't work for them. but basically, right. you're right I mean you need people need to find out what their purpose is. On their terms and through their lens themselves right
1: or not at all they don't even need to find and that's I think to me the thing that I want to tell people the most is that this whole fixation on purpose may be a giant distraction for people that to find your own path does not mean you need to figure out your purpose What you need to figure out is what brings you peace so that you can just free yourself up to do what you just are drawn to doing Mm -hmm. and just doing that, you know, with confidence rather than thinking you have to navel gaze your way. Mm -hmm. Remember that term? Mm -hmm. You know, like you get so stuck on looking at your own belly button that you're not actually living your life. And this is what has happened with the concept of purpose in our culture is people have become so obsessed with it that happiness is always just out of reach because they think they have to figure out what their purpose is before they can be happy instead of realizing that what if I'm already just living my purpose by being and existing and showing up at my job and if it feels like that soul-sucking maybe having the courage to try something different that's scary or whatever, but not to think you have to figure out what your purpose is before you can take those steps, Mm -hmm. or before you can be happy. And I think that's the most important thing. Nobody else can tell you what your purpose is. And it's not going to be in a bunch of other books written by other people who have found out what their purpose is. It's already in what you're doing every single day. Right. And just take a deep breath and allow room for that to be enough for today to stop the obsession with needing to figure out purpose. And a lot of people will stop making as much money if you do that because you won't buy as many books and whatever.
0: Right. But, <laughs> and the economy but, will crash and then, you know, it'll be a depressive state again. Yeah. But other than that, you know, okay. figure it out.
1: <laughs> We've so monetized the personal development realm, you know, that that it keeps us on this hamster wheel. When happiness is right here, that sense of joy is right here. It's at your fingertips. Start paying attention to what delights you.
0: That's a good that's a good conclusion, I think.
1: There is nothing wrong with you if you never figure out how to tell people what your purpose is. Live your life paying attention that's it
0: well thank you so much heather for being on women who sarcasts and we encourage everyone out there to pay attention and be curious and uh, you'll eventually find that thread and if you don't that's okay too
1: yeah you're living it whether you can tell people what it is or not
0: that's right well thank yeah. you heather
1: you bet thank you kath this is a lot of fun
0: and thank you for listening to Women Who Sarcast. Show music provided by Mike Imbasciani. You can find him at mikeimbasciani.com. dot <music> you.